Welcome to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Today, we'll show you how to use the spirit of love and self worth to improve the connections with everyone else in your life. This program is your weekly gift and it will keep on giving. You'll see. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Well, welcome, everyone. I'm so delighted that you're joining us today. I'm Dr. Jean Marie Farish, host for Love Light, coming to you live on the Voice America Network to inspire a lifestyle of love and wholehearted connections through worthiness. Our show today, Parenting with Peace, is a special treat for Mother's Day, parents and families around the world. You know, parenting can be an awesome and joyful experience, but it comes with many challenges. When we speak of parenting, we refer to traditional and non-traditional family arrangements, including extended families, single parents, foster parents, and any situation in which adults have the primary responsibility to raise and care for children. Even those involved may have different uh, beliefs that can be quite challenging. And we know that children are born with their own personality makeups without instructions. And oftentimes we're struggling with our own issues based upon our early childhood experiences, family and societal expectations, and our own critical self-judgment. And the need to conform, to be perfect, and even force conformity on uh, children uh, to be accepted can be an issue. And for me, my faulty fear-based delusions of perfectionism to be worthy or, or be accepted left me unfulfilled and discontent until I released critical self-judgment that affected all areas of my life. And I attribute it to love. So how do we reconcile our beliefs and our issues with parenting to love, encourage, and support our children to be the best they can become as we too strive to do the same. As Abraham Maslow indicated, what is necessary to change a person is to change his awareness of himself. So with that being said, I welcome our guest, Karen Gibson, who hails from Hawaii. Uh, She will show us how not to lose our sanity and overcome challenges of parenting with the best outcome for both parents and children. Karen is an author, certified life coach. She's certified in neuro-linguistic programming. She's the founder of Letting Go Aloha and owner of Brain Builders, a private tutoring business. Karen, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It is 6 a.m. in the Aloha State, and I'm ready to <laughs> to honor mothers everywhere. Amen. And I think, um, yeah, I think all moms need to know. I, I love how you said to release critical self-judgment. You know, we tend to just have such unrealistic uh, parenting expectations and feel that if we're not the perfect parent, then we're failing at motherhood. And so, so um, you know, I just, uh, my message and my mission is just to let moms everywhere know that they are enough. And like you said, all our kids need is love, support and encouragement. But I think we tend to, um, you know, become the lecturer and we think our wise words will influence them. But instead, they often see it as criticism or, you know, especially when we do the 
you got to do this and have this yes. uh, do list, then yes. they also end up growing to be adults that it's like a, a vicious cycle because that's all they end up learning. And um, I wanted to start off with introducing the importance of learning your child's love language. Um, there are five love languages. Um, these love languages um, are from Dr. Gary Chapman, and I encourage everyone to take the, the his quiz. It's on um, his website. It's like www.5thenumber5lovelanguages.com um, quizzes. And so the first love language your child may have is acts of service. This is a child who loves if you help them with homework, clean their room, um, you know, make them dinner, their favorite dessert. They just love having them um, receive, right? Just service mm -hmm. and feel like, hey, I'm important when mom is there doing stuff for me. Second love language is physical touch. So these are the kids who love tickling or hugs. They might hold your hand when you're walking down the mall and their faces light up when you physically touch them. And it could just be a high five or, you know, sitting next to them, at, sitting next to them and touching their shoulder. Third one, um, and I think all kids love this, is words of affirmation. So they would love hearing, you know, you're like the best daughter or son that any mom could ask for. Or, you know, I feel so blessed to be your mom. I'm so proud of you for, you know, whatever it is. And sometimes it's not just an achievement, but just so proud of being who, just so proud of being you. So they're not connecting that you, they only deserve your praise if they achieve something. Yes. And I think that's where we've been taught that you need to, oh, good job for bringing the A. I agree. <laughs> yeah. so that's what they're going to think, uh-oh, I only deserve praise mm -hmm. if I get the award, if I bring home the A, if I make it on the soccer team. So if they do not make the grade, then their self-esteem is pretty much destroyed. And they feel like they're always going to need you know, this is the adult that turns into needing the self-promote, needing the promotion or getting that raise. Yes. So sometimes like yes. in Japan, there there is a high suicide rate if you lose your job because mm -hmm. your self-worth is defined by what you do or the achievements that you earn. And especially during this, uh, you know, parenting during quarantine, I mean, it has changed the way we parent forever. It's not just during the quarantine right? Because now we lack the social interaction and just, we're just stuck in our homes. And if you have extended family members with you, right? I think you and I talked about it earlier where you have grandmas and grandpas and aunts and sometimes even non-family members uh, in Hawaii, we call them like Hanai aunts and Hanai uncles where you become the aunt and uncle and sometimes the parent, you know, yes. if your, your parents are working full time and you just have a family friend who ends up spending tons of time with you, then then it's important for them to understand the child's love language. So the, so the fourth one is receiving gifts. And it doesn't have to be elaborate gifts. It could be like candy or a toy or some homemade drawing, you know, homemade post-it note, but they love actually a physical, you know, like tangible gift that they can hold. And the last one I think all of us um, benefit from, and that's quality time. Yes. If I used to, you know, my, my daughters are 18 and 24, but when they were little, I mean, even now, like napping together, you know, yes. you're just spending time, you're yes. cooking together or coloring eggs during Easter time. I mean, it's just going on a walk, you know, lately because we have um, 
stay-at-home order and we're limited to, you know, going out to the movies, I mean, we can definitely still spend quality time just in the comfort of your home. You know, everyone can exactly simple mm-hmm. pleasures. The other day, we just like lit candles. I mean, we just, you know, talked about um, childhood memories, and I didn't Wonderful. realize that. Yeah, when when you talk to your kids and just emotionally connect, you're going to find out so many things that you did that made an impact. And you think that we, you know, as a mom, oh my gosh, I messed up. And then when your child remembers something that you did when they were six or when you threw rocks in the ocean when they were eight, I mean, I now realize maybe, you know, I didn't do such a bad job. I think all of us, there's, (laughs) like you mentioned, the self-critical judgment. I remember the times that I lost my temper and then they remember their favorite bedtime stories. Yeah. I mean, it really makes moms, um, I think we need to go within, and I love like you're sending light and love. I mean, we need to, as mothers, send light and love to ourselves, you know, praise the, I mean, such a huge, huge job. If you're a stay-at-home mom, it's even like double the amount of time, right? Because you don't really have an outlet. And I think all of us moms who are still working, it's almost like we have no office to escape to. So we just, you know, you hear moms now doing their Zoom calls in the bathroom while the babies (laughs) are on the floor. Right. 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 (laughs) On the the patio, I saw a picture yesterday with the lady who carved out a special place on her patio deck to have an office. Yes. Yeah. uh If you're in a one bedroom apartment, you have three kids, you need a little corner. You need to have like a section where your kids are busy so that they aren't screaming when you're in the middle of making a presentation. So it is definitely a challenging time. I mean, I have uh, two dogs and a cat. So one time during a Zoom um, conference, I had my cat like nip at my toe and I had to just, you know, <laughs> forge on. <laughs> but my- you know, I think it's, it, 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 it shows the human uh, humanness in, in us, the human side of us, because we're so used to being in control and having everything perfect. And I have to have the perfect desk or the perfect, you know, uh, situation to present what I have to do. And, you know, uh, the little humanness really brings a little uh, laughter and joy. And, you know, we, we are now uh, forced to slow down from the busyness of life. And it's a great opportunity to engage in these nourishing uh, interactions that you mentioned. That's so beautiful and so important. It is so important. I mean, just before going on um, with you, my daughter woke up and she said, you know, mom, um, I think you should um, embrace your mistakes and just know that that's how you emotionally connect with people. And she's 18. Yeah, she's 18. And and I just thought, wait, mistakes? I'm going to make mistakes? And then I thought, wait a minute. I don't think she she meant that. But like you said, we need to be okay to feel uh, weak or cry or or we might feel like we failed. But you know what? We're teaching our kids that if we expect perfection of ourselves, then guess what? We are teaching our kids that they need to be perfect. Right. And And that. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, and I think that's what um, just damages not only our self-esteem, but then our kids don't really learn to trust in their journey. And like you said, give up control and just release fears and just practice faith because, uh, you know, 
Yeah, because, you know, we have all these expectations and it's just like Buddha said, you know, what we do in this uh, latter years of our our lives, it's like unlearning what we've learned <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, things that have, haven't worked for us and things that we pass on to our children that really uh, makes them more, uh, uh, it, it questions their sense of value and self-worth. And we have to recognize that as we uh, become whole in our own being. Definitely. And I think that's what you, I mean, you nailed it when you said that we, you know, sometimes, I mean, we will inadvertently pass on very, um, just very unhealthy, maybe like parenting belief systems and our kids. I mean, I know way back when it was like, um, you know, you don't, you have to spare the rod or just not, I mean, you, you know, just the discipline was mm-hmm. not what we value today. And sometimes the older generation might think that we're too soft and kids need the harsh discipline and they need to be spanked. And with me, because of my daughter, and this is what made me write the book, she experienced a lot of anxiety and was throwing up and she transformed into like an honor roll student to sometimes barely passing her classes. Yeah, and yeah that happens frequently. That happens frequently. Go happens ahead so with frequently. your story. Mm-hmm. Well, I realized that by taking her phone away and disciplining her, it did not increase her self-esteem. It worsened her anxiety. And what I thought would motivate her actually did the total opposite. So I think we have to really um, just, like you said, relearn what we thought was healthy for our kids. You know, a lot of times we think, oh my gosh, these kids are not disciplined. They're not motivated. But I don't think we realize why they are not motivated. Kids have so much pressure. I have eight-year-olds who feel a lot of pressure because when they get disciplined, they automatically feel that they are not worthy, that yes. they, they don't trust in their own you know, self-worth. They don't learn to love themselves because they feel that every time they're scolded or disciplined, it's proof, it's testimony that they are not good. Yes, that is so powerful. Yeah, instead of motivating them, I mean, kids these days, I mean, I never really heard of kids so young cutting themselves or even suicidal. I mean, this Mm -hmm. parenting during quarantine, it has changed uh, our routines. You know, yeah, you can video chat, you can um, Facebook Messenger, you can, you know, they're doing Snapchat and um, Instagram live and, but it's, it doesn't mean that they, um, you know, it's just it's just the way that we interact nowadays and the way that we pressure our kids to get the scholarships and get the A's and, yes. like you said, live up to perfection. Yes. These are burning out. I have a 12-year-old who feels so burned out. Yeah. And I think she's 12. What's going to happen when she's 21 mm-hmm. or 45, you know? Yes. Yes, that's, I love your authenticity and sharing those experiences because it speaks <laughs> volumes for all of us. And I know you have been a teacher, you're a parent, you've written a book on how to help parents become better for themselves and their children. And uh, one of the things that I uh, wonder about, it, of, of course, even though we talk about parents uh, who have that direct uh, uh, influence, but the teachers, I mean, they come with their own expectations and, and their own, you know, issues as well. And they are they have to strive to for the kids in their class to get the A so that they can keep their job. So I see a lot of pressure uh, uh, among uh, teachers uh, and, you know, 
I think it, it has that same impact. Would you agree or not? How do you oh, see yes. that as a teacher? Oh, definitely. I think a lot of teachers, too, they aren't uh, mothers. And so they have so much pressure to actually be the mother in the in the classroom, not only as mothers, but their, you know, their coaches and their counselors and their like um, law enforcement, too, because they need yeah. to make sure that discipline is administered at the same time as, you know, doing the curriculum requirements and the common core has really messed up. I think our um, kids um, academics because they are taught just, um, you know, just different ways. And parents are looking at their homework thinking what in the world is going on because our kids are not learning their multiplication tables and their pressure to follow whatever the education system is mandating is really damaging our kids um, just mentally, emotionally. You know, our kids are not getting the academic um, education sometimes because the pressure to succeed, and as you said, the pressure of teachers. Can you imagine? There's 30 children in there with different learning styles, different love languages. So how do you effectively teach 30 kids? You don't have time. You don't don't have have time. time. Because you have to perform and you have to show that you are, you know, uh, academically driving the students (laughs) and showing that they're making the A's so that you can keep your job. So I think the pressure trickles down on all levels. And even though we're talking about the effect on children, but it's affecting the parents, the teachers, I think the whole, you know, I mean, everyone's uh, affected in the situation. So you're bringing up some very, very profound points uh, for us to really, you know, share and to make us more enlightened and more aware. Like I love the love languages that you you mentioned. You brought it uh, in focus to actual practical points for us to really look at and observe uh, uh, how children respond to us and how they learn. Does that have a lot to do with learning style or, or is that part of it or, or not? Well, I, I, this is my analogy. It's almost like if the teacher is speaking Spanish, but the love languages and the learning styles, you have some kids speaking German, some people speaking Japanese, another person speaking Filipino, and they all are you know, learning a different languages. So they don't, if a teacher is primarily teaching, say, um, you know, using visual um, aids and the student is kinesthetic, they want to have hands on. Well, when you're telling a child who needs to build stuff to learn, but you're telling them, let's read a chapter on uh, American Revolution, but they would actually like to act it out. In order yeah. to learn or watch yeah. a movie about it, the, the, you know, paper pencil task is not going to be as effective. So some kids are being okay. judged for not being smart and sometimes misdiagnosed as, oh, you know, I think they have learning disabilities. And okay. I know you're working with kids. They do not have a disability. But in the classroom, they might appear to be, you know, have maybe attention deficit disorder, but they're just bored. You know, they're okay. very smart, smart kids. But they're misdiagnosed because they just can't concentrate in a, in a room of 30 kids who um, have different, not even just learning styles and love languages, but they have their own issues. Some of them might be going through divorce, right? Some people might have lost a loved one. Some people might be experiencing abuse. We don't know what is going on 
behind closed doors. Okay, well, Karen, we're going to just hold that thought. We have so much to talk about, and you've really shed a lot of light on how to, you know, become the best parents that we can be and things that we need to be more aware of. So now we're going to take a quick commercial break, so don't go away. We'll be right back with our guest, author, Karen Gibson, Parenting with Peace, founder of Letting Go Aloha. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Celebrate the launching of Dr. Jean-Marie Farish's new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, to guide you in strengthening and embodying the practice of love in your daily life. Connect with us on Facebook and join our Lover's Lane Feel Good Now community and tune in to the Love Cocktail Minute. Relax, refresh, renew for support and daily inspiration. Life Care Wellness Pep for Angels, Inc. is a nonprofit organization to enrich lives and serve our community with emphasis on serving children who are hospitalized. Join Dr. Jean Marie Farish and Vicki Winterton in their global mission to donate My Joy Journal for Children in English and Spanish to as many children as possible. Order directly from Amazon.com and donate to children in your communities. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel it's your world motivate change succeed voice america empowerment.com you are tuned in to love light with dr jean marie farish Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Gene at Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Well, welcome back, everyone. You've been listening to Love Light, Living in the Spirit of Love with your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. And joining me is our guest. Karen Gibson, who hails from Hawaii, Parenting with Peace. She's the founder of Letting Go Aloha, author and certified life coach. Karen, uh, you have really been so inspirational and shedding light on a lot of things that we need to become more aware of to be the best for ourselves as well as for our children. What brings me to, uh, to uh, it brings me to a, a quote that I love by Eric Fromm in The Art of Loving. I am loved because I am. Not I am love for what I am. And this speaks to unconditional love, not loving based upon conditions of what's produced. And uh, I know in our earlier segment, we uh, talked about how we want our children to be successful. uh, And a lot of times it's based on 
societal expectations and our own expectations because if my children are not successful, perhaps I'm not going to be deemed worthy in my community or in my social network. So it brings me to our point uh, about self-love and self-worth. How does that impact parenting and also self-care? Oh, my gosh. That is my whole message. I think moms everywhere, especially during this Mother's Day weekend, that they have to not only tell themselves, but tell their children every single day that they are enough, that they are perfect exactly as they are, no matter if they happen to fail a geometry exam or they didn't make it on the you know cheerleading team that they've always wanted to. If you have older kids who try for a promotion and they didn't get it, we are not defined by our, like we said, you know, our achievements. And I love it that we are, yeah, it's like we are who you are. Who you are should never be judged. Um, and despite the criticism that you might receive from teachers or coaches or even parents, aunts, uncles, that you do not conform to society's expectations to be perfect. I, our self-worth defines our happiness. I mean, you know, we it equates with happiness. If we do not feel enough, uh, oftentimes that's what leads to anxiety, depression, panic attacks. I mean, I suffered from uh, multiple depressions in my life. And in my book, I do talk about um, kind of like checking out for two years prior to writing this book. And my self-worth was pretty much non-existent. You know, I did not yes. see myself, um, didn't love myself because mm-hmm. I thought that whatever actions and choices Chelsea made was a reflection of my yes. self-worth. Yes. And that's why it's really hard, I think, on parents who see their kids make wrong choices or just choices at the time that might lead to drug use or crime or you know whatever that they do and it does not define your value as a parent yes that you know you know know, as leo biscoglia says you can't give what you don't have so we have to keep our own cup filled so what are some things that parents can do to you know, take care of themselves or love themselves more because you can't give from an empty cup. So even if we have to show our children love, if I don't love myself, I have nothing to relate to. What's your take on that? Right. Well, I think that's what we have to do. We have to make self-love and self-care a top priority instead of the to-do list. You know, we have to like attend this. (laughs) We have to meet this deadline. We have to do this Zoom call. I mean, what we need to do is, and I was, um, Telling a mom yesterday that sometimes it could, you know, you might have six kids at home, but just take a 10 minutes, just soak in the tub for 10 minutes. It might seem like forever, but if you soak in, uh, you know, scented, your favorite scented um, bath, you know, enjoy like a glass of wine at night or your favorite juice and just soak, even if it's for three minutes. I've done like a four minute you know, just bubbles and you're just mm-hmm. surrounded yes. with your favorite music. And that's all it is. It's three minutes. But you know what? It will just um, fill your cup. And like, I totally agree with you. If you your cup is empty, that's when um, conflicts arise, which will affect everybody's moods. I mean, we all know all you need is to have a temper tantrum from a three-year-old and whatever 
mood you i mean you were you know like on cloud nine and you just dive down and feel (laughs) like you have zero self-worth all because of a screaming child or someone you know you have teenagers fighting over who ate the last brownie and then you're thinking wait now there's world war three in your house and you were just on top of the world (laughs) you know (laughs) and you know karen i think it's nice to as you were talking about you know ways that you can refresh yourself taking that bath i love nature Nature is healing to me. I just love uh, going to my favorite uh, uh, lake to just, you know, sit and be calm. But also, uh, these are opportunities to carry the children along, you know, when you need a breather. Let's get out of the house and maybe walk along the lake or just take a walk or do something refreshing. And it changes. It it can shift the energy. Well, and that's what we are. Even with the social distancing, I'm noticing, I mean, if we drive by, you know, you don't have to leave your car. We just drive by the beach. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. see the sunset. You see the wave. All of a sudden, life is wonderful again. It doesn't have to be uh, going to the movies outside of the house. It can be, I mean, nature is so healing and it's a way to give you self-love. Just go outside in your garden, go outside. Even if you're in an apartment building, go outside and look at the, you know, the view. It could just, it's amazing now. It's, it's empty streets, right? You can see the sky. You can see the sky. Like even in California, there's like less smog and we're noticing yeah. fewer skies and yeah. In a way, there are blessings during this. Um, it's a pandemic, but we have to focus on the blessings that have come out of it. It's kind of like with 9-11, whenever you have traumatizing, um, you know, it, what appears to be just something that we can never um, heal from. It's just so many opportunities that I think people are showing that they're giving, right? People are sewing masks. I have a friend in Washington who sewed 100 masks and donated to the soldiers in Schofield. You mm. know, other people okay. are really giving um, and, you know, it makes you feel good, too. So by giving, you're giving yourself love and you're feeling worth all because of you volunteering, you know, yeah. and just yeah. giving. Yes. Yes. And that and even just connecting. Uh, I think you and I talked about this virtual aspect of of children connecting with their friends or, you know, having some type of, uh, you know, supervised uh, interaction or whatever, if you, you know, to, to, to have a, not full control, but at least to give your children space to maybe encourage virtual interactions with, oh, with yeah. family members or friends or whatever, uh, to keep that connection, even during, in the midst of these trying times. Well, yeah, if you know, routines have changed, social interaction have changed, but I think even if you have little ones, I mean, they can watch a virtual, have a virtual movie, um, you know, field trip, a, a virtual party. When we just had one cousins, and so we had someone from Washington, someone from the Big Island, someone from California, Idaho, and all of us feel like we're in the room, and so kids can do the same. I mean, I have. Uh, kids having virtual ballet, uh, virtual uh, (laughs) soccer practice. I mean, it's amazing that you do not have to have physical uh, presence in order to feel emotionally connected. You know, it's amazing how just doing the video chat, you know, my, my daughter went to the big Island and all of a sudden she had like 45 people, I think kids in a video chat. And I hear her laughing. She didn't really have friends before. And then after this Leo club convention, we had, I, I mean, I heard her laughing and, you know, she was actually talking and having a virtual um, party, so to speak. And so, you know, with graduation coming up, she's a senior, they've canceled graduation, 
but she's been um, keeping close contact and just that's what, you know, and at home, emotional connection brings so much more value than the A's and, you know, getting all the academic accolades. I mean, I don't think we realize that emotional um, intelligence is surpasses in uh, IQ. And so yeah. Chelsea just recently learned IQ versus EQ and realizing that you can be the smartest person, have an Ivy League degree and work as a CEO. But if you do not know how to emotionally connect with people, you will lose employees, lose friendships, even maybe lose your marriage because you do not know how to, like you said, your self-worth, your self-love is non-existent. So like you said, your cup will be empty and you will not know what happened even though you're earning six figures, even though you are what society deems a success, but you're alone, your kids sometimes might even disown you, you know, because they just do not feel loved or Mm -hmm. connected with with you. You know, I think the uh, relationship that we have with people really make a difference. You brought up some interesting points. I remember in my academic career and uh, uh, things of that nature, a lot of work that I've uh, experienced, uh, and people will talk about the relate in traveling to other countries and working in other countries. Uh, it will share that the relationship is more important, not because you have the doctor degree or you have this list of all your accomplishments, but they look at the relationship, how you connect with others that make a difference. They don't care about the smartest person who really doesn't have relationship skills. It's the person who has the relationship skills and openness to learning because they figure, well, they can be trained or, you know, learn more, but they're open in terms of building relationships with other people. So it's the same thing with uh, parenting and the relationships that we build with our loved ones and family members, especially in these extended family networks, because in, you know, for now, uh, there are a lot of uh, extended family members living together with children and some parents are alone and by themselves. So there are different kinds of arrangements. And those virtual kinds of uh, opportunities, that, that really speaks volumes because parents think that they have total responsibility to make the children happy or keep them busy. And your daughter really, <laughs> she's, she's been quite creative in developing all kinds of uh, networks, social networks. And I think you mentioned what, a chess we talked before about what? Oh, yes. I didn't know. Match. Yeah, she <laughs> just had a virtual chess match. And I didn't even know that she was really interested in chess, but she met someone and then he was on a chess uh, team. And so they just had a virtual chess match. And, and she lost, but she had so much fun. And it was just five people. But I love how you mentioned the extended families. Uh, in Hawaii, we have, you can imagine, the price of um, houses and everything is just so high. So we have multiple families, multiple generations living together. So you have, like you mentioned, conflicting parenting styles. And, you know, when you have uh, different childhood belief systems and cultural belief systems, it really impacts how we treat our kids and the expectations the way, you know, that we have on our kids. But I wanted to point out when you were saying how too much uh, emphasis is is put on, you know, the education and all of these uh, degrees. I I have uh, an example and I'm all for education, but my husband, uh, Thomas Gibson, he works for Spectrum. He grew up um, not very, uh, you know, his his um, dad lost his leg through diabetes. He was Mm. the primary um, 
income maker at, at age 17, mm-hmm. uh, didn't mm-hmm. have college, but as a sales engineer, he has proven not only is it the willingness to learn, but the willingness to just emotionally connect and yes. just put Very yourself important. out there. You know, you don't, you might not have much, uh, self-worth at times, but if you just put yourself out there and believe that you are able to give value and you're able to help, and that's all it takes. We are called the Aloha State for a reason. I think it's because people here, I mean, when he came to Oahu, he would help every stalled mm-hmm. car. Wow. And he that's would, and perfect. I told him, you know, like, and my friend in New York said, oh my gosh, we would never help people. We don't have time. You know, but I know, I really. When, when, you have to take the time. Your husband is fantastic. I mean, to show how he's, <laughs> you know, he really used his, what, personality and relationships and, and, and desire to help other people, how that made a difference for himself and others as well and enhanced his relationship and career. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, he ex- actually shared that he likes working with uh, people who are not very happy, like customers that are not very happy with their services. And all of a sudden he can turn it around and he puts themselves in their position. And all of a sudden you have a happy customer. It just amazes me how some, um, you know, that happens. Because sometimes when a, you deal with someone who is not happy, whether it's a child, a client, a boss, you end up taking on that negative energy and then you end up feeling um like resentment because it drains you. But I think if we turn it around and use it as an opportunity, not only to give aloha, give love, but, you know, help the person and not see it as a personal attack. I think these tantrums and these rolled eyes and slamming doors. I mean, I am, (laughs) I am very guilty of that. Yesterday we had a, a mini world war over not over dishes that weren't washed in the sink and all of a sudden in five minutes I realized I had to take a step back and I think these these closed uh, quarters I mean we are all there's four of us yeah two dogs and a cat I have my my mom who has Alzheimer's in a care home and sometimes things get so uh, stressed out that we forget what's really important and we end up arguing over Someone who ate the last Mom. brownie, or, or someone who um, didn't who um, didn't abide by the by you know bedtimes, or didn't do their chores, or you know now the in a couple of weeks a lot of kids will be ending school and the AP classes. There's so much work and so much pressure, you know, on the kids who are taking the higher level classes, and we have to take a step back and you know deep breathe. Take a walk with that. nature. Yes. Yeah. Have an ice cream break and just. Yes. For me, it's the banana split. I love <laughs> the banana split. <laughs> with the extra ice cream and the extra nuts and the, all the time. Yes. Well, my <laughs> daughter is into. Thing, you know? <laughs> any, anything that works. My daughter's into culinary. So Chelsea made these incredible Kahlua. I don't know if you've heard of Kahlua. It's a coffee liqueur. So she made Kahlua cheesecake with Oreo cookie crust. Uh, cupcakes and I just thought you know take a bite into your favorite treat it's like everything is fine I mean some people like you said banana split other people it might be a recess peanut butter cup but find something I mean like dance to I was just listening to Ivy Tiger before um you know our interview and I thought you know your favorite music your favorite treat. I mean, really look in the mirror. And I just saw this exercise on self-love and it's just telling yourself, looking in the mirror that you are enough, Yes. you know, that, that everything is perfectly fine just the way you are. Oh, I think it's time. 
I love that. You have really brought up some good tips there. I just love it. <laughs> and we're just going to take a brief commercial break. So don't go away. We'll be right back with guest Karen Gibson, Parenting with Peace author, certified life coach, and founder of Letting Go Aloha. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Celebrate the launching of Dr. Jean Marie Farish's new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, to guide you in strengthening and embodying the practice of love in your daily life. Connect with us on Facebook and join our Lover's Lane Feel Good Now community and tune in to the Love Cocktail Minute. Relax, refresh, renew for support and daily inspiration. Life Care Wellness Pep for Angels, Inc. is a nonprofit organization to enrich lives and serve our community with emphasis on serving children who are hospitalized. Join Dr. Jean Marie Farish and Vicki Winterton in their global mission to donate My Joy Journal for Children in English and Spanish to as many children as possible. Order directly from Amazon.com and donate to children in your communities. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Jean at Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Gene72Farish at yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Well, welcome back to our show, everyone. This is Love Light with your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. If you're just joining us, we are with guest Karen Gibson. She's an author, certified life coach, founder of Letting Go Aloha, and also founder of Brain Builders. On our topic, parenting with peace. Karen, there, uh, I, I would like for us to touch on. Uh, I know there are different generations and different parenting styles, and people are living together. How? What are some ways to resolve the the the, the different types of conflicts regarding how to raise a child or whatever? That's perhaps now, and people are in the same environments dealing with that. I think it's a great question. I get asked that all the time. And the secret is to have compassion. You increase compassion, you will reduce conflicts. Everyone, yeah, everyone has uh, different influences and 
our belief system and our parenting style, we believe it is truly the right way. So when you have a grandma who's been raised one way and a mom and a dad and, you know, everyone, especially if you're an extended family, that's where conflicts will arise because maybe the dad might have a harsher way of discipline. The grandma might have a a less, um, you know, style, right? It's a just more patient and maybe they, they spoil the child. And then the parents are telling her, no, we want to make sure that we raise someone with, with, you know, values just like us. And I think we need to step back and realize that it's just about, you know, building just trust and compassion and knowing that our kids will not suffer if they are not given the right discipline. Our job is not to fix our our children. We just have to teach them that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to make mistakes. And most of all, to trust in not only your child's journey, but your journey as a parent, despite conflicting parenting styles. Yes, I think that we're all growing and we're all learning and, um, you know, we should keep that at the forefront. We don't know all the answers and perhaps some of the ways that we were brought up or trained to be doesn't work (laughs) uh, for us as well as with our children. And I love the fact that you're you're bringing up the trust and the compassion uh, because I think compassion really is the key to leveling the playing field. You know, to, 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 to really connect with the extended family members or uh, people who are with us involved in the parenting uh, relationships because we have different arrangements. As I indicated, it's not just moms, but you have all kinds of extended family, single parents, foster parent arrangements or whatever. So there are all kinds of traditional and non-traditional family roles that we have to take into account these conflicting kinds of values and beliefs. So compassion, I I think that's kind of the main thing here. (laughs) And then, um, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, and then the the other thing that will change your life, and that's what changed my relationship with Chelsea, is I stopped lecturing and learned to listen. So when I asked her, what do you need from mom? It was so simple. I want to be I want you to listen. I want to feel heard. I want to feel understood. And after that was in place, arguments no longer existed until I stopped listening. I mean, when you think about it, every conflict starts because someone does not feel heard. They do not feel understood. So when you're arguing, oftentimes you're not listening because you're thinking about the next thing to say to counteract what that person said. And then all hell breaks loose, right? You have the mother yelling and then the father yelling and the kid crying. And if they can just take a deep breath, we all don't, um, I think, realize the power of just taking three long, deep breaths. Maybe each of them go in a different part of the house. Mm-hmm. If you have a one-bedroom apartment, someone goes to mm-hmm. the bathroom, someone goes mm-hmm. here and just give yourself three minutes of space before connecting again. Because if you do not take time to listen and just to, like you said, right, it's the self-love, self-worth. Uh, I mean, just knowing that everyone is is right in their own head, but they are listening and believing their own stories. So we all think that we're right. And that's what causes conflicts because we really believe the other person is wrong. (laughs) What do they say? Do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? (laughs) Exactly. It took me a long time to to learn that. You know what they they also say, though, in order for me to be happy, I need to be right. And if you 
Yeah. So if you operate with that philosophy, you will never, ever be happy because your, um, your need to right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your need to be right will destroy relationships. And that's what, um, you know, divorces happen, relationships, and um, you will destroy relationships with kids and even, you know, whether teachers, bosses, we cannot have um, love and and worth and just feeling happy if you are going to put, um, you know, your ego, pride and ego has to be set aside, especially when you have conflicting um, parenting styles and belief systems. Yes, I love that, the listening skills. People want to be seen and they want to be heard. And we have to remember that it's all about love. Tell me this, are there any resources that can be helpful to parents? Yes, actually, um, there are um, national parent helplines. I I look, I've I've been uh, referring people to, you know, nowadays because of the quarantine, they might not be available 24 hours. I did call a few yesterday, but there's parent stress lines. There's family Mm -hmm. help centers. If you Google, you know, like a parent helpline in your state, in your country, um, counselors, therapists, usually they will have um, exact resources. But what I wanted to also... um, tell your uh, listeners is that my book, the one that, you know, you were mentioning Mama's Gotta Let Go, How to Let Go Without Losing Your Sanity is available tomorrow, May 9th, all day on Amazon Kindle for a free download. Oh, wow. Great gift for Mother's Day. And And um, I'm just encouraging people to, yeah. (laughs) And I didn't realize that you can actually gift it to other people. So you can give a Mother's Day gift. It'll be available. You know, if they don't have the Kindle app, download the app. It can be downloaded on your phone and you can gift it. So you can have a free Mother's Day gift that actually will help your mom learn how to let go without losing their sanity. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So how can people connect with you? Um, they can email me at kgbrainbuilders.com. I also have, since you're talking about letting go with Aloha, I have a website called um, www.lettinggowithaloha.com, or I can give you my phone number. Um, it's 808-306-5374, and I'm open to helping people. I'm offering actually a free uh, parent coach session if they um, mention your show and say that they want to learn to let go and learn how to you know, teach their kids how to self-love and know that um, – they can be perfect just as exactly as they are. Wow, Karen, that has been so powerful. Thank you so much for joining me today on Parenting with Peace. Thank you very much. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Okay, well, today we've been inspired by Karen Gibson with Helping Strategies to Parent with Peace to help both parents overcome challenges through healthier interactions and creative approaches to facilitate bonding and healthy healthy virtual social connections and take those small steps for the best outcomes for both children and parents. So we'd like for you to tune in next week with Raina Afalaki, Recovering Your Losses, A Journey to Reconnection. Remember to write in your My Love Light Reflection Journal. Uh, The upcoming Love Light Practice exercise is posted on my website, blog page, www.jeanfarrisjourney.com. So go there and engage with the Love Light Practice for the upcoming week. Uh, Send me your insights uh, uh, to, uh, and I actually will share them live on the show. 
much gratitude to Voice America team for making this show a reality and shining their love light around the world. And remember that empowered self, an empowered self is a loving self. And keep your love light shining. Thank you for listening to Love Light this week. Be sure to join Dr. Jean Marie Farish again for another program next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a wonderful week filled with love, self-worth, and better connections.